Welcome along then to another big match build-up show. And this episode is sponsored by OneFootball, the app that brings you all the latest news, stats and live scores all in one place. If you haven't already, do make sure you download it, check it out, click the link in the description below. So despite uh, last Friday's defeat to Liverpool, we still maintain a small cushion above the drop and, uh, you know, we've got nothing to be ashamed about the result at the end of the day and of course you know there are grievances but we will dig deeper into those later on in the show but for now it is back-to-back home games and this Saturday the Wounded Wolves they head to St Mary's on the back of their FA Cup semi-final heartache so on this week's show we discuss with the Archers Road End blog what Saints must do for the weekend and as the finishing line is just above the horizon. And as for the opposition, I find out from the old gold and black, will it be desolate or determined Wolves at St. Mary's after their Wembley woes? If we play with intensity and play with the same vigour that we did, I don't think league position matters anymore. I think that we need to put our last, you know, our early season form behind us and look at what we've got now. And what we've got now is a good attacking team. And uh, I think we can win on. I think we can win on Saturday. He talks a lot about character and about uh, bouncing back from defeats. This is the biggest test of their character that they've ever had under Nuno you know, in the two years that he's been in charge now. Um, so I trust him to do to do the right thing. But as players, it's going to be very difficult to get yourselves motivated for that. As usual, the episode is available to download in the card above my head if you're watching on YouTube or available on more audio platforms below the show. And if you're already listening along, thank you for joining us. I'm intrigued to find out where you're listening from. We've now got analytics in countries all across the world. So very much intrigued to see where you're listening from. Anyway, less of that and more of this. What will the Wounded Wolves do this weekend? What do you think? Let me know your score predictions in the comments. But now, join us for our Southampton versus Wolverhampton Wanderers big match build-up show. So welcome along then to our first half of this Wolverhampton Wanderers big match build-up show. I was getting worried here, but uh, finally got uh, Ben from the Archers Road end blog back on the line. Good to see you again. How are hey, you, mate? Hey, you're right. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, all good, thanks. You? Not too bad. Um, you know, I suppose this is um, a chance we could reflect on uh, Friday's game and then we'll mm-hmm. get into Wolves, you know. But it was a, a 3-1 defeat in the end on Friday night. Uh, and I suppose this is our chance to be biased away from the uh, the mainstream Liverpool love affair. But uh, it, yeah. it started so quickly, though, you know, uh, aggressive, high-pressing, uh, across from deep, Bertrand finds Hoiberg to nod it on and... Shane Long fires home his 50th uh, Premier League goal. Yeah, um, you, you know, I think we've got most, you know, we've got uh, certain players that are absolutely nailed on fan favourites and then we've got Shane Long. But you look at him and he's he's popping up now and then and he loves scoring against Liverpool. Mm. And I think that his, a lot of people say work rate doesn't, doesn't uh, you know, convert to too much in terms of, you know, when you're when you're a striker, you know, working hard is very good, but you have to be able to convert it. Shane's not necessarily the best at that, but so but he's always getting into those positions, and I think that 
even though he doesn't always con- he doesn't always convert, being in those positions every so often, he just he just crop up and put the ball in the back of the net, and and good on him because he never gives up, he never lets his head drop. Um, you have some strikers who go out from time to time, and they just uh, you know you can tell within five minutes of a game that they're just not interested or just not up for it. You never get that. You never get that with him. Yeah, he's not got the. You know, he's not the fastest. Stri- he's not the fastest striker to fifty Premiership goals, mm. unlike Mo Salah. But uh, he is absolutely, I think, uh, you know, uh, a good player for us. And you know, he. I've said before, he reminds me very much of Brett Ormerod, didn't it? He just he just works hard and works hard and works hard. And he could have easily had a, a second. He sort of missed a, a sitter, really, and it bounced off Van Dyke. You know, could have well been a, an own goal. How good that would have been, but it's uh, yeah. what what could have been, really. Well, he presses people into mistakes as well. Mm. We've seen that. You know, we see that over and over again. And whilst he can press people into mistakes and doesn't always necessarily convert into something, he's always there doing it. He did it at the Leicester game. Uh, you know, I, I, I would say. He was a key part of the the Leicester away game when 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 he when now when he started up front for us. You know he pressed uh, the the Leicester defence in, into mistakes. So that's what he does really. And and you know fair fair play to him. People look at him whenever we've got him on the team sheet and think, oh, okay, we won't be getting much. But himself and the whole team absolutely played. I thought they fought for eighty minutes, matched Liverpool completely. And I think that we've got a lot to be proud of. Uh, from that display and I think that if we would have put I think if you would have put any team out there against us on Friday night barring Liverpool and City that would have been three points for us I mean yeah we have to be pleased with the efforts certainly you know the first half as well we pushed them pushed them high as well but I suppose that's enough of the positives for now. I mean, we, we could even say we feel aggrieved by VAR again. Uh, Cater, I'm eventually with the equaliser in, in between yeah. the two defenders, but it's the build-up play that we feel aggrieved about. And on reflection after the replays, I couldn't quite see it in real time, but it is Salah that's in, off, in an offside position. I mean, that's the, that's the difficulty with uh, not having VAR, but I think we've also benefited from not having VAR this season as well. It's galling because it's Liverpool. And it, it, it's it's galling because it's happened to us more than once. That it's that it's potentially cost us points. But I, I think that on the whole, I'm not. You know, I I don't like to dwell too much on on the decisions. I still think uh, on the balance of play, Liverpool deserve to win. Um, you know, they they had a little bit extra in their tank for the last ten minutes of the game. Mm. Um, so yeah, whilst yeah, you know, there's a good case of VAR. Um, although the, I think that I, I saw someone discussing that with VAR, it wouldn't have necessarily even been as clean cut because uh, uh, with they allow a bit of leeway in the decision making for a defence to potentially reset itself before the decision is made. So if someone's if if there's a call like that, it still might not necessarily go in our favour next season. Um, so. Yes and no, you know the decision didn't go our way. Hopefully, uh, against Wolverhampton, we get we may get a decision that does go our way in that sense. So and you know, if, if we talk about their second goal as well, we find ourselves caught in in possession. We, I suppose you know, fair play to Ralph. We we did roll the dice a little bit. We went for, we went for broken. I suppose at that time we we pushed too many forward and eventually punished mm-hmm. for it. And um, 
it was always going to be difficult to get back in the, into the side. And I think at 2-1, you always thought our heads had dropped and, and, and uh, Liverpool were in the ascendancy. Mm. Yeah, and you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't if you're Ralph. Because I think that when we commit players forward and we get caught like that, um, everyone will kind of get get on the team's back. But then again, we've seen before where, you know, when we're at the games, when we start sitting back, the fans get edgy and nervous as well. So I, I, I think that it, it's just it's just a situation where the game pretty much played out as we expected it to be. It's just that our performance was uh, our performance was much better. And yeah, the team the team dropped because the team had matched them for so long. You know, we'd matched them player for player for so long, and then something like that happens. And and you know, naturally the players will be a little bit frustrated. Um, but all in all, no, you know, I, I can't fault the players' performance. And I think we lost to uh, a very good side who have spent a lot of money. And I think that, you know, I think next season, hopefully, if we stay in this division, those are the sort of games where we'll be looking at uh, nicking points. And we're already nicking points. We're already starting to nick points from top six teams, which is a testament. I don't think we'd have been a anywhere near Liverpool, which we weren't when we were at Facedham at Anfield when Hughes was manager. Um, this time, you know, we matched them. And I think that that's a testament to Ralph, really, and and, and how he set the team up. Um, he's got them believing again. And I don't, I think the fear's gone. And I think you're right. We, I think we did look a bit leggy in the, in the final third of the game and couldn't quite, quite get close enough uh, and it's very much sort of routine in the end. I mean, it's it's water under the bridge as far as I'm concerned. You know, it's always going to be difficult. But the most yeah. thing that I'm annoyed about is the amount of Liverpool fans sitting with us in the home ends. And when we scored, yeah. you know, I counted dozens of people still sat on their bloody arse when we, when we scored our goal. And then when they put their third in, I saw, you know, almost hundreds of people sat there with their camera phones recording their celebrations. The club seriously have to do something to kind of cut this... Out, but it happens every time when all the big clubs are in town. It's unacceptable. I think it's absolutely unacceptable when a club needs to take action on it. I think there needs to be stricter criteria for when these guys, uh, stricter criteria, stricter security. And I think that it's 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 a problem because I'm not naive. We're we're playing in a huge league, and Liverpool are, in terms of uh, you know legacy and in terms of history. They're a global brand. And so you're going to get people supporting them from all over the world. And you're going to get people supporting them kind of down here in Southampton, bafflingly. And it happens. People people like to follow success. But the one thing I think is that when you're in a home end, you're meant to be able to be surrounded by people who actually are going to share the experience Mm -hmm. with you. Um, it's incredibly frustrating. Football's a passionate game, and it's as much for the Liverpool fans' safety as it is for the as it is for uh, our atmosphere. To be honest, because you know I've seen situations where a Liverpool, you know, an opposing fan has got into the home end um, and started celebrating, and I've seen people get punched. Uh, you, you know, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen scuffles break out. It's Ridiculous, and it only takes one drunk idiot, um, whether they're a home fan or a away fan, sat in that end, to cause cause a huge problem. So, 
I get that it's difficult for the club because the, these people, you know, the, the, these fans, they're not going to be kind of sneaking in wearing full Liverpool kit. But, um, but I have heard reports of people actually going into the Northern, into Block 41, 42, wearing a full Liverpool jacket on uh, on Friday night. And, you know, eventually they did get ejected, which is fair for the stewards to do that. Well, they shouldn't be getting through. Mm. Um, it's, you have to ask, you have to ask what's happening at, at, at you know at the ticket, at, you know, at the point of entry because we get searched. You, you know, we, we get searched. You know, people are always checking. You know, keys, mobile phones, so on and so forth. You know, have you got anything you can throw and stuff like that? But it's like, are you actually going to check that someone is, is isn't wearing an, another team's colours? I mean, I know Bristol City did that a few weeks ago when Leeds were. Uh, when Leeds came to visit because they got reports that there were about 200 uh, Leeds United fans planning to come and sit in the, in, the, in the city end. And they ejected, you know, a good proportion of them um, and made sure that they couldn't get into the game. Why we can't do that um, as a Premier League team with decent security um, and you know a bit of forethought is 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 beyond me and i think that really it's frustrating it's not on those liverpool fans it's on the club to do something about it yeah and i have to say um i have to mention actually some of the nasty and abusive comments we've seen on on some of our fan reactions at the weekend i've actually had to remove the comments section on some of our videos so make your own judgments judgments at home but i suppose if we look ahead to wolves you know they are no mugs in, you know, they're absolutely flying this season in this, no. in seventh and eighth, uh, really pushing for that Europa League and tearing up the textbook for uh, promoted teams. Yeah, they are. They're very much so. I mean, they, what they've done since they've come up has been nothing short of, of, of exceptional. They've, they've shown, I mean, whilst, again, they, they've had a lot of, they, you know, their, their, their transfer dealings have been incredibly shrewd. They've brought in good players, but Nuno is an incredibly good manager. Um, and he's organised that team very well. They're not free scoring, um, but they don't concede. And I think that's I think that's the key. They're very well organised and they they play good football. And I think that this season they've bucked the trend. Um, it'll be interesting for me to see how they do next season um, because I, I think a few of those players will have got the attention of, 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 of larger clubs and I think even you know even the coach will have, have got attention from slightly larger clubs but they've done very well and I have to say you know fair play to them they're a great team um, and yeah it's, I think it's going to be a really good game on Saturday. And they also have the uh, the small matter of an FA Cup semi final on Sunday, and they could well be distracted by it. But like you say, they're you know they're not scoring too many, not conceding too many, and they're not also unbeatable. Recently, they've uh, they've become a little bit unpredictable. You know, beating United in league and in cup, home and away. I think you know not not quite away, but twice at yep. home, and recently going away to Burnley and Huddersfield relegation fodders and finding a defeat. Does that give us some confidence on Saturday? Yeah, I think what we're starting to see is we're starting to see a little bit of uh, the fatigue that you tend to get with newly promoted teams. You often find that some of them, they get off to an absolute flyer and then past Christmas, their form naturally, because they're not used to playing at this level, starts to kind of dip around February, March time. Players, obviously, they're safe now. So what is it for for them to focus on? I mean, I think, do they really want... Europa League this early on 
possibly they may you know they may want it um but i think also people you know the club's ownership may be looking at it and going well what does europa league get us ultimately you know you look at us after our europa league uh, exploits and you look at burnley after their europa league exploits you know getting that seventh place finish isn't isn't necessarily um something that you may necessarily want um but the chance of a cup final if they if they win on you know if they win their cup if they win their semi um that is really you know what they'd be focusing on so i think a lot will depend on how this how their semi-final goes yeah. if their semi-final goes well and they get into the cup final i think we start to see we may see a team on saturday that are hedging their bets somewhat well, it remains to be seen, but it is going to be an exciting affair. You know, like you said, both both teams now playing a, an attractive, a, a good brand of football, it has to be said. But how should we approach the game? What's your prediction? Uh, well, I mean, the only way we need to approach it is the same way we approach the Liverpool game with high intensity. And we need to go out there to win. I think that the advantage we may have is that is that Ings will be back in contention. I think that having Danny back to to spearhead the attack will be you know a tremendous asset to us uh we don't have too many injury concerns which is great so hopefully nothing happens in training i mean i would say that lamina is is still an ongoing injury concern but he's basically not played basically he's not played for us this season i think that if we play with intensity and play with the same uh vigor that we did um I think that we could beat Wolves. I think we could beat them 2-0, potentially. Um, yeah, yeah, I genuinely. I, I think that this is the first time in a long time when I've looked at when I've looked at a, a Saints game, and I think this is once again a testament to the manager, where I'm thinking, yeah, if we do really well, we can actually go out and, 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 and dominate this team and actually put them under pressure. I don't think the, I don't think league position matters anymore. Um, I think that we need to put our last, you know, our early season form behind us and look at what we've got now. And what we've got now is a good attacking team. And uh, I think we can win on, I think we can win on Saturday. Excellent. Great stuff. Good to speak to you, Ben. And just, I suppose, just remind everybody where we can catch up with you and where we can find your blog. Archersroadend.wordpress.com at Archersroadend on Twitter and uh, just type it in the search bar on Facebook, on Instagram. That's where I am. Uh, often, often wrong, but always, always got an opinion nonetheless. So, so it's it's always good. But uh, thank you as always for for having me on and keep up the good work, guys. Great stuff, and we'll catch up on Saturday, mate. Yeah, great. Thank you. Big thanks once again then to Ben, the Archers Road End blog. Uh, do make sure you give him a follow over on Twitter and do make sure you check out his blog for more. And before we do head to our second half, just a very brief travel notice for you. And there is, in fact, nothing to report, amazingly. But there are no planned breaks or closures this weekend in itself. That is a rarity, but uh, savour it because this is the last home game without any disruptions before the end of the season. So now it's time then to speak to our opposition. What will the Wounded Wolves do this weekend? Will they be desolate or determined to put their Wembley woes behind them as they head to St Mary's? 
So welcome along then to our second half of this big match build-up show. Wolves are in town. Back-to-back -back home games uh, is infrequent we have these, but uh, join us on the line for the opposition view. Tom, or AKA the old gold and black YouTube channel. Good to see you again. How are you, mate? Yeah, uh, well, not very good really after Sunday, but all things considered, really, this season has uh, been very good, so okay. Well, you're leading me perfectly to my first uh, note here. I mean, the FA Cup semi-final, we were in your position, you know, this time last year. We lost against Chelsea at the time. We didn't really sort of turn up. But, mm. I mean, in, it, for the neutral, it was a, a brilliant, a, a classic uh, semi-final, if you like. But from 2-0 up to a 3-2 defeat in extra time, how, how, I mean, how would you really sort of summarise that? Uh, it's been very, very difficult as fans to to come to terms with and to get over really um, from being 90 seconds away from being in the final and the first final since 1960 in such a long time it's very very difficult to just the the manner of the result is the hard, hardest thing to come to terms with if we had lost 3-0 and we hadn't have turned up that would have been easier to to deal with but to come so close has been horrible it's really horrible and it's going to be interesting to see how they respond on Saturday and us as fans as well, to, because it's a long way, long journey down to Southampton and whether or not we'll be vocally up for it as uh, much as we would have been had we won on Sunday. It's going to be very, very interesting to see how we react. Yeah, we were chatting on our end sort of um, in the first half, if you like, that uh, it could go one or two ways. You know, Wolves really want to sort of um, come back raring to go. I mean, it all depends on all depended on the result on on sun, uh, Sunday it was. Um, mm. You know, you could be flying, you know, on cloud nine it had you won that semi-final but really down in the dumps. Uh, well, we know the result now though. It did feel like our season ended uh, on Sunday as well after the match uh, because really it, our primary aim for this season was to make sure that we were safe in the Premier League and we did that quite a while ago so the the FA Cup runners kept the excitement going for a little bit longer. Yes, there's a, the race for seventh, but really that's, I mean, we've, we've sort of lost interest in that now, particularly if Watford win the Cup, it makes seventh irrelevant anyway. Uh, so, yeah, it's gonna, we'll have to raise our game and raise our, um, you know, motivate ourselves to make sure that we're not dropping points. There's still six games to go. We've still got big games to come, Arsenal and uh and teams that are fighting down the bottom as well that are going to be desperate to pick up points. So we've got to be careful that we don't get rolled over and end up finishing 11th or 12th and it being quite an average season really on paper. I mean, we actually posed the question in one of our stories earlier this week, will it be a, a desolate or a determined Wolves? What, what do you think? How do you think Nuno will be approaching this game? Uh, well, he talks a lot about character and about uh, bouncing back from defeats this is the biggest test of their character that they've ever had under Nuno in the two years that he's been in charge now. Um, so I trust him to do, to do the right thing. But as players, it's going to be very difficult to get yourselves motivated for that. But I think Southampton, with the situation that they find themselves in, you only really need two or three more wins, perhaps. Or, you know, a win on Saturday for you would be massive. And we saw against Burnley a couple of weeks ago, uh, a week before the semi-final, that Wolves weren't quite motivated enough and we got rolled over quite easily. So I don't know whether Nuno will let that happen again. I think that he'll be quite determined to make sure that we are professional and we are consistent in our performance and 
he'll be eager to bounce back, but I think South, I personally think Southampton are going to have too much for us on uh, on Saturday. Interesting you say that as well, because you also mentioned the, your your defeat away at Burnley as well. What I've noticed, the Wolves are a little bit un- inconsistent about <laughs> on the road recently, and also the only team that uh, has got two blemishes against the mark against the rock bottom side in the Premier League. Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> inconsistencies, but you can you can go away to places like Burnley, Huddersfield, lose games like that, but then you turn over Man United, you know, a week or so before. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been fantastic this season. We can't complain really as Wolves fans to, or for any promoted team to be where we are. If you look at the other two are, you know, it's been superb. However, if we'd have converted the results that we should have won on paper, as you said, against Huddersfield, Burnley, we could easily be pushing for the top four and that's not being unrealistic. We'd have picked up an extra 12 points really from from those few games and we would be knocking on that door. But that's what... I mean, the ambition of the club is to be in the top four and fighting for titles very, very soon. And if we keep on dropping results, points against teams that we shouldn't be, um, you know, heads will roll, really. If you look at it on paper as well, you've gone above and beyond expectations, I suppose, for this season. But I mean, you know, even, even at the beginning of the season, you said we should be pushing for top half. And you're, now you're saying you're, within a couple of seasons, you want to be t- pushing for top four. So is it a, a natural progression or are you sort of already overachieving? Well, uh, when Fosun came in in 2016, they wanted to get promoted to the Premier League in three years, and they did it in two. They wanted to finish uh, in the top 10, I believe, this season, and then push for a seventh place or top six place next year. So depending on where we finish, we're ahead of schedule anyway. They've said openly in the press that they want to win the Premier League within seven seasons. I mean, that's a massive you know, thing to say, but it is step by step. We know that it can't be done overnight. We, Our owners have said previously that they've watched the likes of Chelsea and Man City with the money that they've had and how they've done it. And they've learned from their mistakes and they want to be able to do it faster. And with the choices that they've made and the decisions that they've made so far, you can't complain and you can't say that it isn't working. And I, ju- I trust them to do the right thing in the summer now because we've got a very small squad and, uh, but looking at the game on Sunday, there were obvious weaknesses and obvious lack of depth in the squad. Um, you look at Conor Cody, who's played almost every minute of the last two seasons. He was at fault for the last goal because of the, just that last yard of pace against uh, somebody like that, uh, De La Feo, in extra time. Had we have had somebody else to call on, he would have. Uh, he might not have scored that goal. So it is looking bright, the future, um, and it will be a steady progression I think over the next couple of years had you asked me at the beginning of the season I would have been absolutely confident you would have finished in the top half you look good you look you, I mean you steamrolled the uh, the championship as well but I mean you could you could say right now you're sort of the best of the rest and had you asked us when we were defeated at the Molyneux earlier this season we would have been clamouring to be in your position at time and you've got a game over on Leicester as well vying for that seventh spot I mean could you be good enough for Europa League and do the fans want Europa League and do the management want it straight away uh, well, there's a split of a split in opinion uh, in, amongst the fans because uh, we've seen the likes of Burnley and other teams in the past who have really struggled to cope with the 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 early start to the season. If we were to finish in seventh, I think the season would start mid July, mm. which is not really a, an attractive uh, proposition. However, then the rest of the fans are thinking, well, it might not come along too often this chance of playing European football. We've waited since 1981, the last time we played in the UEFA Cup. So we you can't turn your nose up at it, really. You have to 
take it while it's there. The squad is quite small. I think that's a major concern for lots of uh, the fans and perhaps the management as well. That we would need an extra four or five players. We've got a squad of 18 at the moment, outfield players, which I think is the smallest in the Premier League. We have had the best injury record, but that's not going to last forever. Uh, we've been very, very lucky over the last two years. Um, personally, I think I would quite like it, but I wouldn't like to go through all the qualifying that you would have to do if you finish seventh. So, we, But we've missed out on the opportunity of going straight into the group stage by losing on Sunday. So, mm. yeah. We know firsthand that it's not always a given. Um, you know, we were eliminated in the early stage. And then just take a prime example, Burnley this season, West Ham a couple of seasons ago, out in the early stages as well. I mean, you could say you've also been boosted by the permanent transfer of Raul Jimenez. £30 million, that's a, that's a real uh, statement. Oh, absolutely. And we've already, uh, we've already committed to paying uh, around about 15 million as well for Leander Dendonka, the centre midfielder, in the summer as well. So we, our summer spending is already up to 45 million, which is unbelievable really for, for Wolves, who we've seen for years uh, underspend and, and be a little bit prudent in their uh, transfer policy. So I expect there to be a few more as well and upwards of 100, 120 million odd on uh, on players, I think, in the summer. But Jimenez has been, uh, I would argue, the best striker outside the top six in the Premier League. I think he's even better than Chelsea's strikers as well. So um, we've been very, very lucky. And without his goals, I think we certainly would have been looking at a different season this year. Mm, and you've also mentioned just a second ago about your injury record. You're the only team in the Premier League with right now without an injury in your physio room and it's going to be a really stern test for you on Saturday as well obviously we want to secure our, our safety and mm. Wolves are a bit of a, a wounded animal yeah um, of course the game on Sunday as well was exhausting and, and Jimenez uh, wasn't actually moving for the last five minutes of the game he was just standing on the edge of the 18 yard box waiting for play to catch up with uh, him so it'll be interesting to see if there is any rotation but we, uh, it's just been announced today as well the Wolves are going to Marbella after the game at Southampton on Saturday so there's that for warm weather training so perhaps we've, all we've also seen it's happened twice before that they've gone to Marbella and they've lost the game before they've gone to Marbella so uh, there's a lot of omens suggesting for a, that there'll be a Southampton win on right. uh, Saturday Excellent. Well, I like the sound of that then. Just uh, wrap us up with them in your score prediction. I mean, the last two times we have played, you, obviously you defeated us at Molyneux in, in September and obviously, you know, last season in the League Cup. Yeah, yeah but I, th I think you will have uh, the upper hand on Sunday. I think, uh, Saturday, sorry. I think the, the emotion and the draining event from Sunday, I think it's still going to be hanging over the Wolves players and management and fans and I think that's going to be too much for us to overcome and I can see you nicking it 1-0 um, obviously it's a cup final for you like every game is going to be until you are safe and that's going to that's going to do it for you I think well thank you very much then Tom uh, just remind our, our listeners viewers if they want to catch up with you as well um, just tell everybody where we can find you uh, yeah just uh, on the on YouTube on the old golden black excellent stuff good to speak to you and we will speak again next season. Yeah, let's hope so, yeah. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Yeah. All the best. Thanks again then to Tom, the old gold and black YouTube channel. Uh, do make sure you check back over on his uh, page for a match review after the game. I'm sure there'll be one. And uh, do go ahead and give him a subscribe. I'm sure it will help. 
But that does pretty much wrap up this week's match build-up show. Uh, before we go, do let us know your score predictions ahead of the weekend and a win at the weekend. Uh, is it too soon to suggest we're all but safe? Can we already use the S word? Um, let me know in the comments. But the power is in our hands. So thank you very much then for watching and listening along. Only one thing left for me to say is come on you saints.